to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It means something. You know, that's my take on it. Like, what's yours? Protonic reversal! That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only... Protonic Reversal, welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Uh, special Quarantimes edition episode uh, <laughs> slash tour, tour support uh, version of Protonic Reversal tonight. Uh, I've got uh, Angela and Dylan from Jira uh, Horse coming back, and uh, that's going to be great. It's been a long time since we had them on, and when they were on last time, it was a different lineup, and there's a lot of activity that's happened. I'm looking forward to getting into it. I think they're a very interesting band, and... Um, Good folks, it should be a good talk. So let me get through this spiel here. Uh, first of all, welcome to Conan Neutron's Proton Reversal. I'm your host, Conan Neutron. I am a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 22 years, most known for the band Conan Neutron, The Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life, and I use the format of this long-running podcast to talk about music with musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks that may or may not be household names, but do something very special. This is episode... 290. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you would like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash protonicreversal. And if you like the show, or even if it's a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All of that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and bring in uh, one of our guests here, uh, the, the mighty Angela. Angela, hello. I'm putting you in the story right now. Oh, fantastic! On a Instagram, <laughs> uh, just letting everybody know that we're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is um, for all of our millions of fans to tune in. <laughs> the, the promo machine uh, definitely was not spun up on my end. Um, not, not the least of which had to do with uh, going to a uh, friend's band's uh, tw- 20th anniversary show where there were a bunch of, f- of friends and libations. And uh, let's just say I'm moving pretty slowly today. That's that's probably the best way I can put it. Uh, so, uh, But pleased to have you on and talk about your new record and uh, talk about uh, everything going on with a, a deer a horse and... Maybe even have Dylan on too. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so the new record is out as of last week. Let's hear something from it, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll come back and talk. 
That's bitter by Adira Horse. That is uh, the the new single, and uh, we have a Dylan, and we <laughs> we may have sort of have Angela. <laughs> so uh, Dylan, welcome. You are indeed the late one, and we appreciate you owning up to that. Uh, how are you, man? It's been a while. I'm pretty good. How are you? Everyone can hear me loud and clear. I can hear you. Uh, yeah, right on. I, th- I think so. Uh, yeah, that's so. Let, let's you and I talk, man. Just you and I this time. <laughs> <laughs> How you been? Bros what have you been up to? Yeah, bros only. No chicks allowed, goddammit. Yeah, that's going to be the new name of this show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, this is a, this is not only a new record for for y'all. This is a, uh, a reimagining, almost. Like a rebirth, if you will. Mm. Yeah, the record is the same old Adira Horse, like the Adira Horse, you know, 2016 to twenty. 20 edition but the live show is the uh or 2021 edition i should say but the live show is is the is the evolved version i suppose to you know 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever we're at now yeah and so this was i mean i I don't exactly know you know in any delicate way to to say it but rebecca took off right she she, it was a a parting of ways and mm-hmm. and you decided to continue on and and, and retool. Uh, I you know was was very pleased to have you on last time. 
Uh, and you know, I, I thought I think Deer Horse is a is a great band. I think this is this is probably the strongest record so far that I've heard. I think it's really great. It's a little bit different, uh, I, but in a good way. Uh, yeah, definitely in terms of uh, the songs. I would say it's a definitely darker, more mature songs that just came from more time thinking yeah. about them, more time on the road. We actually recorded some songs that were on this record, like uh, Blemish and Give It Up, like probably a year or so earlier and didn't like them, and we redid them. <laughs> and same with uh, Brute Force, the fifth song in the record. We actually used to perform it, and it was a completely different song. And uh, same with Labor Day. Like most of the songs on the record, other than a handful, we used to perform, and we just over the over the time we were on the road, we just kind of honed them in more and more and more. Which is why they just sound denser because a lot more right. thought went into them than the well, not a lot more thought, but a lot more experience went into them because we definitely thought we were writing, you know, the White Album with those earlier songs, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but the experience of touring and playing the songs kind of old and old school way like how bands used to have to just play their songs in front of people yeah see how they got reacted to and uh, how they felt while performing them to people and then we just put them on a record that's so the record is really just the uh the curated live sh live show in a way but with all the bells and whistles of uh, stuff that you know recording works, stuff that you know gets a reaction so on and so on yeah you you, you get yeah just stuff that was like hammered you know hammered uh into a more definitive shape. Forged in steel, if you will. <laughs> Let's not go that far. More like a steady, sturdy polymer. <laughs> uh, so then this record, now if, now if I have the timeline right, I think you started tracking this like right before the pandemic. Uh, yeah, February right? 16th or 17th to like three, two or three days later. And uh, yeah, we, we or the intention was always to capture kind of the raw live sound and we just tracked everything like the meat, you know, meat and potatoes, like guitar, lead guitar, bass, uh, and drums with a scratch track vocals all live mm -hmm. over the course of, uh, pretty much like a day and a half. And then half a day doing all the, vo all the lead and been like just, uh, all, and just like first level of, uh, backing vocals. Yeah. And that was it. And, and then, then we went back in and did all the bells and whistles like a year later when, after COVID because of COVID. So that's the to me, that's the crazy part is there being like so long of a break between, you know, doing doing the basics and like and like mm -hmm. finishing it up. Right. Because, I mean, we all lived it. We don't need to belabor the point, but uh, <laughs> stuff got kind of crazy totally. there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but in a weird way, it was, uh, you know, it was a blessing and a curse. Obviously, the time between recording and releasing was over two years, which is not ideal just because uh, people change, things change, line up, lineups change. But the one benefit was that we had about a year to think really hard right, right. about the structure and uh, the layers especially. And we had time to actually ask people to perform, okay, here's a month to think about parts. We want to have you as a guest performer. 
and stuff like that, which we've never had. We just never had had time to do before. Right, because you're moving at such a, as a frenzied pace, <laughs> almost right. Yeah, well, just because we we rec- you know normally you'd want to record it, get it back on the road, yeah, start doing an album cycle to use a technical term. I mean, but like you know, start promoting it. But uh, sometimes it's good to be forced into a position you're not used to. Yeah, I mean, do you think that like sort of that forced, that forced reflection, that forced. Uh, break um, almost uh, do, do you think that was beneficial towards like coming back to it with like a fresh outlook like a fresh worldview yeah without a doubt without a doubt because every time i kept going back being like okay this time i'm gonna hate this all these songs <laughs> but i kept going back and being like and being pretty pretty happy about them and actually uh it helps you have a better ten thousand foot perspective on your art form and being a bit more critical of what's good, bad and lessons for next time or what you could add that you can still salvage or like where this, you know, our, one of our friends or could fill in or where we could have percussion or synth and stuff like that. Cause we just had the time. And so we could, uh, we did a post-production was really long because we did right. post-production where it was just like us, you know, uh, fucking around in the studio, like at our own little home recording sessions, like getting weird, ambient sounds layering percussion a lot of which actually ended up on the record just because the once we did get into the studio yeah the stuff i recorded on my task cam which is right here <laughs> and which records all of our live shows and a lot of it ended up on the album because it was it was so buried already that uh, the quality wasn't really an issue and then i would mix it at home on GarageBand, and then ultimately we just export it and, it, and, a, and a lot of the stuff that's really buried, uh, like on songs like uh, Blemish and Keys and uh, some, of, some of One Way Out is stuff that was just mixed by me and then sent and then mixed by a professional. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's, so it's kind of like a blended, uh, mm-hmm. a, a blend of taking the advantages of home recording, but also like uh, taking advantage of like a, a nice studio. I mean, Sylvia. Did this right? The you you tracked the uh, in uh, Ashland, is, is that correct? Yeah. So just those those three days we did with her were just the uh, kind of like the base, the foundational tracking, like yeah. all the drums, um, lead guitar, like lead bass. I guess there's never a secondary bass, but uh, and <laughs> and lead vocals, <laughs> and then everything else was was done uh, I'll, I'll in New, in New York with uh, the Gojira engineers, mainly Jamie Ertz. In their studio. What do you think, Angela? Is there such a thing as lead bass? <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely bass, so <laughs> there must, there must be. It, that, okay. that reminds me, like, there's. Okay, you're cutting out a little bit, but I can, we can hear you now, so that's good. So that's a step in the right direction. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we're we're, we're um, heading the right way. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Yeah, okay. yeah. You sound great. Awesome. I'm glad. Um, anyway, yeah, sorry, technical difficulties um, on my end. It happens. It, it happens. Uh, and so, so okay, so what I was saying when you, when you, when you dropped earlier was, uh, you know, we were talking about how you pretty much, you just had, uh, I, I think that was a record release show that, that you just did, right, uh, for the local for New York. Yes. And then now one of the reasons why we're kind of, uh, you know, Battlestar Galactica, like doing this show now instead of at the the normal time that the show happens, is so we can kind of 
do this talk while you're not on the road because you're going to be going out almost immediately. And, you know, yeah, that's that's this is like, I guess I could call it a tour support edition. I don't know what, what to say, but like, uh, which matters pretty much only to me. So when people are like this shows live and it's like, yeah, only for eight years, but whatever, you know, like it's a minor, <laughs> minor miracle if anybody pays any attention to anything at all. Right. Um, so you're but you're going out for a pretty consistent, uh, pretty, uh, sorry, a pretty uh, considerable amount of time. Uh, in the era of COVID, which we are still in, despite all possible yeah, thinking to the other way. Classic Adira horse timing. It's right when there's a peak in a, <laughs> the virus. Yeah. Again. Exactly. But uh, yeah, but we'll be, we leave on the 20th, so like a week Wednesday, and uh, and get back about three weeks later. Just the, you know, down the East Coast in the South, and then back up through the Midwest. Do you have, do you have was there any. Uh, concerns with booking it this you know you never know what restrictions are going to be like you don't know you know even what venues are going to be uh skittish. i mean <laughs> we definitely talked about it dylan and i um uh we have no we basically were just like we have no idea what's going to happen and at this point we're just really sick of waiting um to yeah. put the album out um and you know once the vaccine started getting coming out and everything and uh, we started to feel better about it um uh definitely dylan and i started to feel better about like the concept of just booking a tour um and everything and also it lit a fire under us um you know uh and helped you know promote um uh the addition of the new members and everything um so uh it was it was like yeah it was it was good for us to just go ahead and do it um so so yeah can you speak a little bit to that because again like when i was when i think of a deer horse uh you know i I think i think of the the trio that was on last time but this then it was like oh they're doing it as a duo and then i saw you know video footage where there's other people involved i'm like i don't i guess i'm just i'll find out when i talk to them or see them (laughs) one or the other uh, what, what's, what's the, what's the scene with the lineup? And I know it's hilarious for me to ask that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, um, we, because the album, uh, I, it sounds like Dylan was describing, um, the amount of layering that's on the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, with the amount of layering that we have on the album, um, Dylan and I had a vision, um, you know, even before we knew, um, Rebecca was going to leave the band. Um, uh, we all, had talked about um, maybe having a fourth, like live member, um, augmenting the parts that can't just physically can't be placed and aren't enough hands and <laughs> feet mm-hmm. to do it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, we'd already kind of talked about doing that, um, and uh, uh, it, you know, like you know, with Rebecca moving on, it kind of actually opened uh, us up even more to experiment. Right. Um, with uh what that might mean you know um so uh yeah it was it was pretty exciting it was also really frustrating for a while because like obviously it's very difficult to try and find new band members during the height of a pandemic yeah um, that's crazy you know <laughs> you just nobody go wants to be in a tiny know? room with a bunch of strangers <laughs> and, and and then like and maybe it's not going to work out too oh good there's that to worry about also you know like maybe it's, it's like hey great person but not a fit for the band or whatever you know it's just <laughs> yeah there's always a typical strains like that like someone who's a great fit but the schedule doesn't quite work or their yeah solo project or other band is simultaneously doing something that they can't step away from. But we got lucky, and we now we have two great new touring members, and hopefully, 
two great new members members you know come for the long term yeah but but as everything will run its course and they're doing a great job so far yeah, yeah, we can't be like. I mean, well, let's shout them out. Um, you know, uh, Marissa. I was going to say we can say their names. It's not against yeah, the law. Yeah, uh, it's not a secret anymore. Uh, not that it ever really was. It was mostly just that like we didn't have any. We like didn't have it solidified yet. You know what I mean? Um, uh, for this tour, you all will be seeing Marissa Mazzotta on lead guitar. Um, uh, she's fucking killer. Um, and uh, you will be see seeing Izzy Kunkel on um synth backing guitar backing vocals and most importantly shaker yeah <laughs> very important to get that shaker in there yeah absolutely super important so well, you know well that's great because you know when you when you make a record that has these uh embellishments to sort of serve the song to not be able to just physically be able to pull them off is sort of like always like, ah it'd be great if we could uh you know, like you hear it one way in your head or even even in a recording and you can't, it, there's just no way to do it when you don't have enough people to do it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. I'm, I'm stoked to, I'm stoked to see it. Uh, so talk, so we, yeah, we were starting to talk about, uh, you know, the recording process of being a sort of melange of, um, you know, some uh, home, home recording embellishments and garage band, but then the basics basically mean done like right before the time of COVID hit. Right. So you, that's when you, um, tracked over at, uh, at, uh, at, with Sylvia, who's, who's great. Sylvia's never shouted out and I don't understand why I think she's fantastic. Um, oh, she's so incredible. Like it was, it was so fun to work with her. I mean, we talked a lot about that the last time that we were on the show yep. about how amazing it was to <laughs> work was, with her. That's um, right. It was like right, everything. right when that was happening. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> mm. Yeah. A hundred thousand years ago is when that seems like now, but you know, whatever, that's COVID time for you. um yeah yeah so so then like and but then you also have uh you know lots of guest performers that are on uh that that are on the uh they're on the record as well like for instance i know kate from lung is on like three songs doing doing cello you know that's fantastic how did you how did you figure out who was going to be on what and did you have an idea for what the parts should be beforehand is it more like finding someone you trust to do something cool on the song like what what were the what was the thought process behind all the different extras that are uh, that are on here from the different guest performers uh like yeah definitely we needed people with like certain skills to do certain things but i feel like i don't I vague only vaguely remember why we picked certain people mainly just because they're my they're our friends and we just wanted them to be a part yeah. of it um yeah, and the other, like there's certain the, things we just can't do as well as them right right sure yeah i mean makes <laughs> get get somebody that does something well that you want to have do the thing right why wouldn't you <laughs> yeah for sure and you know for that we got uh synth uh done by my friend well i i do angela and i arranged some like really simple backing synth and then my friend uh cause sylvan who play him and i used to play with for brody doll back in the day and then uh he's also played with dearly beloved and a couple other people including one big band uh that I can't mention, but uh, but he did some backing synth, and uh, he is like a massive. Uh, he just has his dad play synth as well, and he uh, has just a massive rep, like catalog of synth sounds and also just vintage synths that he added, and uh, he can come up with just like some kooky stuff. So we had him do that. Some of it we used, some of it we didn't use, but like it's definitely most featured on Give It Up, 
or brute force. It's brute force. He did like a really cool like Nine Inch Nailsy kind of thing in the yeah. background in the middle of the song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was gonna mention that, but I didn't want it. You know, sometimes people take that the wrong way. It's like, no, no. I mean, that's a compliment. No, I love that. Yeah, I, that's, <laughs> that that was a hook. It was like its own little like su- subtle hook. I just you know, which I think adds a lot of depth to records when you want to listen back. You're like, oh, I didn't notice it the first time, but there it is on the second time. And then on One Way Out, he did like some, I think, like recorder, like synth recorder stuff, mm-hmm. you know, which was really cool. And then we got Alex Molini, who's one of Angela's good friends uh, from Pile, to do piano, kind of just like Queens of the Stone Age style, like steady 16th note piano. Yeah, a lot of like, ding, ding, easy ding, job. Ding, ding, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always describe that to uh, Stooges. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, them too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, same deal. And that that's episode that's super. I think did we talk about the, we might have talked about that last time actually. Now that now that I think about, it. I don't know. I don't remember what happened even like an hour ago, let alone what happened like <laughs> a year ago. So yeah, but yeah, Alex Molini did that, and he yeah he had a more a lot more piano in like the final song in One Way Out, and then nice. uh, one of my friends from college who's like a huge metal guitar fan. He's like a big like shredder kind of guy. He lives in Japan, but he. Uh, recorded his stuff in Japan at home and then just sent it. And that's one of those things that I uh, mixed and like panned. So on some songs it'll sweep in and sweep out from left to right. And that's just stuff uh, he sent to me and it's very buried. But on songs like uh, Bitter, not Bitter, sorry, Blemish, Dinner Theater, and One Way Out, you can hear, especially One Way Out, you can hear his like, he this like crazy swelling guitar in the background, really like metal zony kind of shredding real shred fest <laughs> but the way the way that it's buried you know um uh, it uh, you would never really like uh pick up on like how like metal zone is it right, is right, because right. like it it really it fits well um and mm-hmm. uh dylan uh was like um uh you know really uh really going to town in garage band uh on yeah. uh, these sweeping edits so um uh, yeah, fun. I just love records that do that. Uh, like I, I love uh, like Mars Volta and uh, Super Tramp, especially. They they have all these like Super just Tramp, amb- yeah, ambient <laughs> sounds in the background, like soundscapey stuff. Yeah, and, sure. and stuff that you don't hear on the first listen, but stuff you hear on the. And what I have, which I refer to as rewind moments or stuff like that, where it's like you're listening to it and you're like, did I just hear that? And you rewind and go back and listen to it and then that's what that's what really hooks me into records and and uh that's what i've branded it. it's trademark now but uh but uh yeah who else we had uh sean we had, uh, child bite who i, I played oh, yeah, sean. Before on yeah. one tour and uh, we wanted like a male voice in dinner theater which is kind of like about uh you know some family drama yeah and uh yep. and we wanted like a fatherly voice and he just has this real unique deep voice yeah yeah it's and, very it's very distinctive <laughs> yeah yes. it's i've never yeah. known anyone has talked quite like even his speaking voice and his singing voice are so distinct and then yeah. uh and then we had one of angela's friends again tammy who goes by comfort cat i do violin on top of kate's cello but kate i feel like kate was really the and who else am i, am I missing anyone else and then jamie our engineer actually played some backing guitar in the last song and then we had some of our friends just do like you know gang vocals, yeah, but Kate from things. Lung, I feel like was really the first major step into really thickening oh, yeah. the sound with the strings because she just did an unreal job. And Angela sent her like a 
basic roadmap of like the changes and stuff and then or i think you, at, at that point actually angela was just humming the cello parts into yeah. i think the recorder I that i just showed you and then just would yeah. uh and then i'd put that in the garage band to see how it would sound right. and then if we liked it we'd send it to her or we'd just say here's the song do whatever you like yeah i definitely um had uh because, like, cello, I'm su- a sucker um, for cello. Oh, yeah. It, like, as a supporting instrument, um, like, in production. Like, whenever that happens, I'm always just, like, here for it, you know? And, like, um, you know, we, uh, we're, we like, it's funny how uh, we came to know Lung. Um, uh, because, uh, basically, like, Daisy and I, the drummer um, of Lung, um, uh, Daisy and I are in all these like dumb DIY groups, um, like DIY booking groups. <laughs> yeah. All the, um, all the like, and the, 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 the find a tour him. date. Yeah. I kinda... kept seeing him pop up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kept seeing him. Pop I mean, up and, I have like, no idea what you're talking about. Pop up. <laughs> what now? Oh, I was just joking. I said, like, Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, about these groups, but yes, I know exactly. What oh, you're yeah, talking yeah, about. No. yeah. Sorry. The dumb, the dumb DIY groups. Yeah. yeah. Um, useful, but yeah, so, uh, uh, he kept <laughs> popping up and I kept popping up and, uh, we kept like trolling in the same way. Um, like, cause you know, shit gets stupid and people post dumb stuff sometimes. And it's just like, no, you gotta have the little fun. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. And yeah. That is so true. I was just like, I see you. I appreciate you. Anyway, so um, and then we opened for big business, and um, uh, Daisy uh, messaged me um, because all of our other like messages to each other were like, "Can you believe this guy?" Like kind of messages. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um. Uh. And um, but then uh, he was like, "Oh, you're part of the big business fam now," um, because Lung uh, has opened for big business before. Um, Mm -hmm. and I somehow had never actually seen Lung and it just happened to coincide with when they were coming through Brooklyn on tour. So went to go see them. They fucking blew me away. Like, like melted my face off. Like, As holy well they shit. They're yeah. such a good band. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, Kate was the first person I thought of. Cause I, when we were thinking of adding, well, I like, I like put it to Dylan or Rebecca. I was like, we're adding strings. Yeah. We definitely wanted you know? to add strings. Which was because it was that was one of the main things on all the other recordings we couldn't a afford or b figure out how to do. But the weird thing with COVID, it was like, well, they can't come here anyway, so maybe they can record it at home. So the only thing, only person that actually came into the studio to record their backing stuff was Tammy, who did violin, and everything yeah. else was remote and just and just uh, sent from people's thank god so many people have like uh interfaces and stuff now <laughs> yeah you know is. because it just change completely changes your capability to add guest players because my friend who in, in japan who i haven't even seen in almost a decade in person uh he recorded this all from like the mountains in japan that's crazy i mean that's that's um, that's awesome. That's like what the technology is yeah. supposed to do, but it's no, I know, it's, but that, it is but crazy. Like, what a lucky situation that we have that because yeah. it really opened up the possibilities. 
yeah it's it's yeah. it's it's nuts what you can do uh with technology now that would you know think about like if, if you were uh, you know blue oyster cult trying to do that or something right you would have to have somebody flown in <laughs> or something like totally that. but now you can just do the cowbell from home yeah, oh exactly. but they do it <laughs> yeah Those exactly. guys do it yeah 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 absolutely you're 100 right well I, I think that it's it's interesting too that um i feel like you're a band that has made good use of of the covid time i feel like i feel like there's a lot of bands that kind of we're sitting around waiting for stuff to start back up and you know <laughs> sort of yeah well we felt like that for a long time mainly because we we felt like we were waste like spinning our wheels because we had a record that couldn't get finished because of all the delays yeah uh, and not being able to get into the studio to mix it and whatnot, and uh, and then no one to play with. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, no ability yeah. to play, right? Yeah, exactly. I, got, I know, you know, maybe, yeah, so it was a kind of an issue of, well, it's just still the two of us, we're going to have this album, and we need people. And it took about a year to find I say it'd take about a year, right, Angela, to find someone to the you know our yeah. lineup, yeah, which is insane. Yeah, we we auditioned um, a decent amount of people, uh, you know, and uh, just it did not work out um, yeah. until uh, Marissa came in, um, and she just you know it's really just the attitude. Like she came in with this amazing attitude, um, uh, just like such an immediate team player, like uh, you know, really dedicated, really like put she put the time in like she shed the songs um and everything and uh you know was really receptive to like um you know corrections and stuff like that like um and it's just it's so it's it's like a breath of fresh air to work like uh uh in that way you know um because like i i don't know if you are familiar with this but musicians have egos the devil you say (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes musicians, not me, yeah, of yeah. course. Oh, no, anecdotal. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> this is just not me or anything. No, no, but no, sometimes no. musicians don't take kindly to being corrected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially, so, it's especially tough because you're asking someone to come in and to give a shit as, as much of a shit about something that you've spent years, literally years working on. And the, in the like right. from day one to be like respectful of that. And want to put in a work ethic, but for the right person, uh, it's the right thing. Like if you, you know, we've all played in multiple bands, and not all the time, you're walking into a band where your parts are the ones you're playing. You're playing someone else's parts. Yeah. But you have to just love it and love the process and love uh, kind of like adapting and just learning new yeah. stuff or new skill set. It takes and, a certain uh, kind of person, yeah, to to be able to to look at it as like an opportunity rather than mm-hmm. some, than an obstacle or just a way to grow your playing at the very least like yeah. learning how yeah. to play someone else's parts yeah well and it's but then also you know you're asking someone to join something that is like already an active concern right that's already out there and and you know not to put your final point on it but you, you have done some serious road dog time already <laughs> with a deer and a horse right so mm-hmm. you, which has led to all these relationships and friends with you know friendly relationships with other bands and you know you, you get to know people on tour and stuff like that so someone's walking into a whole world that they maybe don't have a context for and that can be thrilling for some folks and daunting for others because of the history yeah no sure. it's true it's definitely true 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like definitely Dylan and I were making an effort to try and make uh, the environment as like welcoming as possible, you know. Um, like Dylan on day one. Yeah, and Dylan, Dylan, Faye, he he was like, uh, uh, get out. I need to shine no, my shoes kidding. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to need you to spit, spit shine. Blah, 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 blah. The, the hazing anyway. rituals were quite intense. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Definitely just related to shoe wear. Yeah. Strangely all related to shoes, yes. <laughs> and bad top 40s radio. Mm -hmm. um, we are connoisseurs of that, so, you know. Um, we definitely talked about that last time. Um, I, I, that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up at night in a cold sweat thinking about it. Yeah. God, they have terrible taste. <laughs> no wonder I don't like this album. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's look, it's when you're a band that has a, has a, has a long name, and you're and you're doing the work, like you take it when you can get it, right? I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's it's you're gonna you're gonna have mm -hmm. to deal with a lot of people that, especially drunk people. Talking to drunk people is the best when you are. They, oh, what's your band's name? You know, like, oh god, here we go. We just stick a sticker directly <laughs> on their face now. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so was that? So that's a, a question I have for you. Was there ever any uh, idea of? just not being a deer horse anymore and do and doing it as something else or the idea that you've you know built up this catalog and all this effort behind it being a deer horse yeah you know i, I definitely dylan and i like obviously these were more bleak times when we were having this conversation um yeah, yeah. uh you know when things seemed further away from like you know the release seemed further away from from actualizing um and everything we we're like even if it's only this release um like we have to do this, you know what I mean? Um, because yeah. like, we just we we've come right up to the precipice. Like, why the fuck not jump off? You know. Mm -hmm. um, and it also so. wouldn't be right to rebrand ourselves on this album because the album is a time capsule of Rebecca, Angel, and I. Right. And that exactly. was was and always will be a dear horse. So and. Uh, so you it wouldn't, wouldn't really make any sense, you know, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, I think of that. And obviously if we're going to promote it, we got to promote it under the same name. So it doesn't really make sense. And the band, I'm not the first drummer. So it's like, it's not like this was the, that this was ever the thing that started it. You know, it's already changed a couple of times. Bands consistently, the sounds changed multiple mm -hmm. times. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's a fluid thing. It doesn't, it's not, uh, it's not set in stone, and I don't think any band should. I think as soon as you set yourself in stone, you're, you should just pack up. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a few bands that have made a career of it, and you know, if you if you enjoy making the same record over and over again, that's great for you. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, excuse me. Oh man, that new single is terrible. What? <laughs> no, but like, yeah, and we love and we love some of those bands, and uh, sure. but but would I like to hear them evolve? Yes. Yeah. But just like people keep making Marvel movies, right? People are going to keep doing <laughs> it's a, things that sell. It's and it's the thing that, that the, people know, <laughs> the uh, the masses, mouths agape, catching flies, will continue to do it because it's a sure thing. But the you know, for the rest of us who don't have millions rolling in through the door, 
in a lot. I mean, of I do. Days. I don't know about y'all, but well, <laughs> shit, Conan, can you like just give us a bunch of money? Yeah, this podcasting on, game man. is yeah. uh, really taking off, man. It's it's uh, just raking in the dough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we had nothing. We had nothing. The to money do. will roll right yeah. in. Sorry. Yeah. Tom Flynn from Fang is in a great band called Antler Family that I really hope will make a record. Uh, pretty soon because we played with them in Oakland and it was such a f- awesome surprise. They were fantastic and they they're they're age appropriate, you know, like they're they're like uh, older f- folks, not like you know in term. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I was blown away by I was I was like wow if I didn't you know know the pedigree of this band because like some of you were in other bands too. I would be like, this is amazing. It's like, oh, and I knew it. I was like, oh, it's Tom Flynn from Boner Records, right? Oh, you know, classic Melvin, Steel Pole Bathroom, et cetera, et cetera. That guy's a great guitar player. I bet this is going to be interesting. And it is. Uh, but <laughs> it's a good example of, um, you know, continuing to, to do it as you as you advance in age and still kind of like honing your craft and like, so, like mm-hmm. making, making the journey the destination. Like I, I found it very inspiring, actually. And I, I do hope they eventually oh, make a yeah. record. Yeah. No, I I fully agree uh, with that. Like, um, yeah, I always I always respect uh, you know a musician who is aging, um, like uh, who continues to challenge themselves. You know, I mean, F- Bowie was like that. Like Bowie Absolutely. continued to challenge himself, and he he failed occasionally, but like oh I mean, yes, and, and um, it was it was like Tin Machine. I mean, oh. There's some stuff out there that I'm not as fond of, but then again, his final album, like Black Star, we were talking about that in the car the other day. Devastating um, and so good, yeah. Oh, yeah. But would he have made that great. as good if he hadn't done all those terrible records or less yeah. good records? You know, to learn and and from sh- it. like every single one challenging himself. Like he was never like doing Ziggy Stardust again. No, you know? no, like, he, he never did it again. Completely against doing that. And and how awesome of him and how bold to to do that and just to be like, all right, we've taken all this goodwill for this and now for something completely different. You know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know like pissing people off sometimes. You oh, know. Yeah. Um, Uh, with that um, uh, being like, why can't we just get more Suffragette City out of you, you know, like, or whatever. Um, uh, So, yeah, it's, um, I really applaud, like, and look, like, I think I'm going to say something that probably a lot of us feel, um, but, like, Queens of Stone Age are a band that I love, um, Mm -hmm. but that last fucking album was a stinker. Um, (laughs) And, uh, but (laughs) they tried something new, and I gotta give them props for that. Like, I don't think it worked. A lot of other people disagree with me, um, but, like, uh, you know, props to them for trying something different and working with, like, a legendary producer. Um, Like, I was curious to see what Mark Ronson was gonna bring to Queens of Stone Age, but... It didn't work, yeah. but whatever. And they're one of <laughs> yeah. our favorite bands. Yeah, and, what it, what it brought was something I wasn't that interested in. But hey, good for them, you know. Like yeah, listen, yeah. It's like they could have done like Clockwork yeah. three more times, or Songs for the Dead. Sorry, Songs for the Deaf three more times, but they chose to do something different because they wanted to, and also their lineups change. And I mean, even know. even like the first. Uh, even the first uh, record, they could have just redone the first record over and over again. And that people, and the, I mean, there are some bands yeah. that do that, you know, and some they, people get something out of it somehow. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think as long as you take a fresh, fresh approach, and like one thing I've 
said in the in you know to myself and to the band is that you've never arrived hmm. you know yeah you've never there's no final destination it's like unless until you're dead obviously but like but like you're there should be no that's terminal. a different kind of final destination there's, yeah. no, there's no terminal <laughs> there's no terminal station in your in your uh, in what you love to do it's going to continue yeah. to evolve yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that that's it's very wise hey so let's do let's do a thing uh, i've started doing this i don't know if it, did we do this last time you were on with uh we went through song by song on the on uh like oh no we, we should do that we had nothing to we had no album i was gonna say, I was gonna say <laughs> that, that <laughs> the record's pretty old yeah so um uh, or too new, depending on how you look at it. So, so yeah, let's go over each of the songs on Grind. Uh, this is this has been people have said they've get, gotten some uh, some stuff out of it, but like uh, we just you know I'll mention a song title. You can say something about like you know the writing of the song, the recording of the song, um, any uh, memories, uh, lyrics, like whatever you want to focus on for it, uh, and just tell it because I think it's an interesting record. I think there's a lot here to unpack and I think it's got an interesting story and a long inception period so I think this is, I think this should be good we'll see if I'm proved right or wrong uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna prove it wrong gonna prove you no. wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah if, if you're game let's go ahead and do that so let's just uh, let's start off with Bitter which we Hell just yeah. played at the beginning of the off- of the show with that, that fantastic video oh yeah yeah no uh, Bitter um, Bitter you know, I think that bitter's taken on a more universal meaning. But when I first uh, wrote the song, um, it was mostly about like uh, my personal frustration. Like I'm fat, just saying. Um, I'm fat. I'm cool with it. It's all good. Um, uh, I've been a fat person like my whole life um, uh, and everything, and I've dealt with a lot of people through my life um, uh, giving me a lot of advice uh, when I didn't ask for it. Um, uh, about that and like just how frustrating it is to be consistently kind of not believed um, right. that like you know you can be fat you can be healthy um, uh, you know you can feel good you can be fat and like you can be fat and also uh, feel good about yourself like uh, that it's not gross um, to be that um, and everything so you know that's what it started as um, was just like um, it's bitter to be reminded of the happiness you'll never have. Uh, from my perspective, um, uh, it's kind of, um, uh, you know, um, the ideal uh, six foot good looks, white, of course, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, beauty standard um, that's out there in the world um, that uh, kind of holds us all down, like not just fat yeah. people, like you know, fat phobia, like, fucks everybody's lives up. Uh, you know, it fucks skinny people's lives up, you know? Um, so, um, you know, that that sort of, like, uh, you know, uh, six-foot good looks, uh, white, of course, uh, like, beauty standard. Um, it's bitter to be reminded of the quote-unquote happiness you'll never have. Um, right. But that could be anything, like, really. Uh, you know, that's where that came from. That was the inception of that, the lyrics for that song. Um but, uh, but um, you know, really that can be applied to a lot of shit. Like people who, people who are like, um, uh, oh, uh, millennials are, are so fucking lazy, you know, uh, and everything. Or like millennials uh, uh, out here with their avocado toast and shit. Like, why don't you buy a house? Like, you guys are so lazy. Get a job. Yeah. Meanwhile, like if, let's say, it's a member of an older generation saying something like that, uh, they're discounting, um, like, a lot of the opportunities that they had, like, um, that were 
out of their control and all of the kind of opportunities that my gen- I'm a millennial um, uh, the opportunities that my generation uh, uh, didn't have you know in mm-hmm. some respects um, you know that are out of our control it's bitter to be reminded of the happiness you'll never have like fucking people who don't know what it's like to like live your life um, walk in your shoes uh, giving you advice about something they know nothing about um, you know uh, and like everybody knows what that's like um, you know, everybody has that happen to them at some point in their life and it fucking sucks. Um, and like, fuck those people, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's very relatable in that way. You know, whether <laughs> the specifics notwithstanding, like it's very, it's very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So, you know, um, that lyrically, um, uh, like that's where that came from. But in terms of like music stuff, uh, you know, we jammed um music is actually i do actually remember the writing process for this because i actually have some videos because we used to take we we've recorded uh with that same recorder that i showed earlier mm-hmm. uh <laughs> almost every single not rehearsal. a sponsor <laughs> yeah i wish i need a new one Tascam, please help me uh Tascam. But, yeah but uh there's a there's a video of me and rebecca jamming on the intro uh, the what would become the intro of the song and then but mainly it was like we were listening to the prodigy i remember oh interesting because it does have that do 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 you got that kind of like repetitive yeah because right? okay. i think we were listening yeah. to like forest fire starter or whatever or breathe or something yeah that's right them. and because i remember then the yeah. guys who we know across the hall in our rehearsal space building were like you guys sound like the prodigy and we're like that's so weird <laughs> you say that <laughs> That's hilarious. Because we were just listening to them. Because we, I had been watching the music video. I don't know. Because I'm like, I don't really watch TV, but I watch a lot of YouTube stuff. And I came across their uh, music video again. Because I really liked them when I was younger. And my mom used to listen to them, I think. And that music video for uh, Firestarter. Wait. Cra- y- wait. Crazy. Your mom used to listen to Firestarter? Yeah, my mom likes oh, some edgier cool. music. Yeah. And, and uh,. And like right. she listens to like Rage Against the Machine and stuff, and like to like older Tool and stuff. And uh, but yeah, but the music video was pretty iconic back in the day. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, it, like it was. was... In the, and I think we were looking. <laughs> I think it was actually around the same time. It might have been around the same time we did the Cold Shoulder music video, which is kind of black and white and kind of dark, like the Firestar video. Might have been around. I could just be a coincidence. But uh, yeah, but I don't really know. In the, but it was a mix of that and like System of a Down and just kind of wanting to and have like a real. Kennedys. I'm going to out oh, myself yeah. in a big fucking way. I'm a huge Jello Biafra fan. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, now nobody's ever going to be able to unhear it. Um, like, <laughs> it's bitter to be reminded. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Fully jello. Um, yeah, I don't mind outing myself on that one, but yeah, I'm basically doing a jello Biafra impression. <laughs> well, but it sounds like you. I mean, that doesn't sound like him. You know, that's. It's, Thank you. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> no. You know, it's, there's some cases I'm not gonna name any, any any names, but there's some bands where it's like, wow, you would actually have to try to be less original uh, with with that music. <laughs> like, it just sounds exactly like another band. Like, how did you do that? How did you not make any part of it different? It just sounds literally <laughs> like another band. It's like not even a cover, but somehow no, it's, like, it could be. But yeah, like, I'm thinking it's a cover. I'm like, oh, that's not a cover. Oh, no, they just shamelessly ripped off a band that they felt that they could just steal that from. Anyway, that's a completely separate, uh, <laughs> a completely separate <laughs> scenario. But but it, it, 
you know, it doesn't sound like it sounds very original to me. I mean, to me, it it, it sounds like you guys. Um, honestly, it's it's got kind of like L seven vibes too, which is it's something. Oh, I don't we, say often. I love L seven. Yeah, I mean, they're so cool. they're. I mean, it was when Jennifer Finch came on the show. I was like, I was like beyond stoked. And nice. uh, we we accidentally opened a secret show of theirs. Really? What's what was that? <laughs> on? Yeah, we were playing this venue, uh, Berlin. Um, yeah, uh, in uh, Manhattan. Um, and uh, sorry, the name of the venue is Berlin, but it is in Manhattan. Um, anyway, uh, so we were playing there. Um, and uh, to throw off your enemies, yeah. Show <laughs> happening directly after ours, and the secret show ended up being L seven. Um, oh, and so like anybody who was there to see us like obviously stayed for yeah, L seven yeah, 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 because yeah. like fuck, you know. Yeah. And I was just so starstruck, like so starstruck. I, you know. I had no idea. I was blindsided uh, by it. They're so cool. So. Was that was that when they did uh, Scatter the Rats? Uh, which was like the last one they did. It was like a 2018. It may have been. It was. I can't. Cool. I think it was like you were. It was like 2017 because you're because I think that's that Ranger. You came in your Ranger uniform. Did I? I don't mm-hmm. know. And I think because my sister and I were just talking about that today, actually. Oh. She was at that show. Too. Oh no, maybe she wasn't at that. I don't know. We played there a couple times, and now I'm getting them all confused. It might not have been the same night. Yeah, Scatter the Rats is the one they they, they put out uh, like like I, tw- I guess it's 2019. So it, it would have been like a, oh, like, it wouldn't have been that. that one. Yeah, I think it was before oh. then. Yeah, for sure. It's good. That, that, that's a. Uh, I feel like for a band with that profile, it maybe should have gotten more attention. But I mean, you know, you all know that goes. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like L7 never got their just desserts in the way that they should have, you know, like, um, you know, I I mean, like, no hate to Hole. I fucking love Hole. Um, I don't give a shit what anybody says about Courtney Love. In fact, if somebody says some shit about Courtney Love, I just, I get a little suspicious of them. Like, I don't want to hang out with her. I don't think she seems like a nice person, but (laughs) her music is amazing. Like, Hole is so good. But like you know, um, Hole got all this attention. Um, why didn't L Seven get the same amount of attention? I'll tell you why. Sexism. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Point for sexism. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I'd be inclined. I'd be inclined to agree with you on that. It's a. Uh, yeah, and uh, I would. I would love to. I would love to talk to Danita about that. Danita about that sometime because. Uh, yeah, Jen Finch is uh, she. She's going to talk about whatever Jen Finch wants to talk about. And she, at the time, she really talked a lot about her photography. I mean, it's an honor to talk to her. She also is really good at busting balls, i got to say. And I was like, God damn it. I, didn't expect, I believe that. I did not expect to have my balls busted by Jennifer Finch of L7 on this show, but here we are. <laughs> well, uh, you deserved it, Colin. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, it was it was a playful way. It wasn't like a mean way or anything. But, yeah, she's, she's, a, <laughs> she's a freaking badass. So it's an honor. It's an honor. It's like being roasted by Don Rickles or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. Uh, all right, so that's the first song, uh, "Bitter." Uh, and any other, anything else to, to add on uh, for that song? That's all I can think of right now, honestly. Okay. It seems like it was a hundred years ago, but yeah, like to me, the kind of those more. I really have always gravitated towards that kind of like, uh, bossa nova kind of salsa feel that's in the song as well, like the bent, 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 yeah, bent, bent. I know Rebecca lives in Cuba for a little bit too, so she probably has some of that ingrained in her somewhere. Right. She definitely so does. It just happened to lock in right at the same time. And then the opening fill is a direct ripoff of 
uh, a flea song from Ghost in the Machine. Oh, from, uh, okay. One world, one world. And near towards the end of the song, he does the fill. He goes boom, 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 and that's because I'm a massive Stuart Copeland fan. I mean, Stuart Copeland. If you're, yeah, if you're, if you're gonna bite something from someone, you could do a hell of a lot worse. That guy's a badass. And uh, yeah, 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 no, I'm not ashamed. He's a fucking amazing drummer. So yeah, and I've definitely stolen a lot of ideas from him. As as of like literally every drummer yeah, that as, ever came after him. Yeah, that's a pretty long list, my dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I love the police, and uh, that's um, I I will fight anyone that tries to say that they suck because even even they're not I'm so great records. of somebody who says the police suck i'm yeah. like what yeah they have so <laughs> many hits it's like it's like saying phil collins sucks it's like the man's got a song for everybody well yeah. exactly and, and and actually if you want a really kind of fun sitting around at home on the internet game watch all of the police videos in reverse order because you can slowly watch them get to like each other in the interview, like in the interviews or in the music videos? No, no, the music videos. Like, because there's videos for like every one of their hits. And like, by the last one, they're like barely tolerating being in the same room with oh, each other. Yeah, yeah, but then sure. it starts off with like, I think Next to You is the first one. And they're like hanging out on the subway together and yeah, having a good time. Oh. So you get to gradually see them like each other if you go in reverse order. That That's my guess. The happy ending. Yeah, Hilarious. exactly. I love that. Create your own reality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe. Uh, doesn't quite match the, the reality that we live in but yeah mm-hmm. um cool so that's panic is up next yep yeah. panic uh lyrically was written by rebecca and uh oh man i should remember what the meaning of exactly angela do you remember the exact meaning of it is it's definitely about like the stressors of just kind of conformity and uh just trying to kind of play the rat race a little bit yeah, there's definitely that aspect of it, um, uh, but it also has to do with like, um, uh, like, um, like the line "pleasure" and the thought of pleasure are mm-hmm. the same. Um, is like uh, kind of like overdoing it, like on uh, like overloading yourself with pleasure um, because it makes you feel good. Um, but uh, at the same time, it's also like, what are you masking? You know. Um, right. like, uh, mm-hmm. that's sort of a paraphrase of what Rebecca yeah. said about she would be it. You're the best like, person I mean, to ask about the lyrics for sure. And we should probably do a better job with remembering what she's told us. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, she was, she came in with a demo of that one that she created on a loop pedal, which mm-hmm. she'd been playing around with for a bit. And then her and I, uh, went into kind of just figuring out of the verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe Angela was out of town or something. And then when Angela yeah. came in like a couple of days later, we had been, or I had been watching, and Angela already, I guess, knew the song, but I had been watching in one of my YouTube binges uh, the Melvins live performing History of Bad Men. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the chorus kind of layering of vocals. Yeah. And then I think I showed it to Angela, and Angela had already known it. And we kind of became obsessed with that song. And then yeah. so the panic vocals... The, had that like yeah round way. style vocals that they kind of do obviously yeah. only with two people opposed to four in that scenario and then uh the drums are i i think simultaneously was listening to a lot of fleetwood mac and so the drum pattern is oh, influenced by uh okay, you cool. make loving fun 
the chorus of you make loving fun. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Dun, 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 dun. I can totally hear it now that you say that, but like I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, but because I, I, growing up with my drum teacher, I was ta- we did a lot of left hand lead stuff, uh-huh. and so I'm playing with the left hand playing the hi hat and the snare drum, and then the right hand doing all the tom stuff. So. Uh, Thank you, Steve Byfield, for teaching me that because uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I did it on that song. And, Shout out. But the chorus stuff was really lyrically driven and then orchestrated by Angela and Rebecca with the influence from that song uh, that we mentioned, the yeah. Melvin song. Yep. Yeah. And just to elaborate on what Rebecca said, because I want to do it justice and sure. say like what she meant um, and not just paraphrase. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, basically, just going back to that thing about the refrain of pleasure and the fear of pleasure are the same. It's like, uh, uh, pan- I'm literally reading this because I don't want to fuck it up. Um, <laughs> um, panic examines the relationship between how we feel and how we react to those feelings. Um, there's pain, but there's the fear of pain. Uh, fear often wins out uh, as the most potent feeling. And fear of failure in particular prevents us from trying, experimenting, and growing. The refrain, pleasure and the uh, thought of pressure are the same, offers an alternative experience. Um, so uh, uh, I think that uh, that's a pretty good assessment of it. And like, you know, um, uh, like I, I know like at the time, um, uh, you know, I know for a fact that at the time, like we were all, uh, you know, struggling with like the idea of like, you know, working these shitty ass jobs and yes. like grinding away at the band and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, uh, just sort of like, um, you know, dealing with uh, feelings of fear of failure and like kind of the, um, you know, kind of grosser aspects of the music industry, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like the fakeness and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, there's some, there's some amazing lines in panic. Like, uh, I want to fail, but I'm not a failure. Um, I've got faith, but I, I want faith, but I don't have faith. You know, um, everyone can spot a believer, but everyone delivers a fake. That's the best line. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, yeah, I, yeah. So I know that that's, that was something that was on everybody's mind at the time, um, as well, like just to add like a layer like sort of yeah. inside. Okay. Well, after, like, after, I think when we wrote that, it was like a two, early 2019, late 2018. We had been to South by Southwest a couple times, which started off as a great experience. The conveyor belt as, of entertainment, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but like South by Southwest, our experiences with South by Southwest, it was like as we went year after year, we went and we were heavier and heavier and heavier. And then we became, op- you know, the opposite level we became less and less and less and less relevant because we got heavier and heavier and heavier yeah and it was just like we'd go in every year and there'd be the same fucking bands under a different name selling the same bullshit sound yeah that everyone's getting fucking spoon fed like it's likely lucky fucking charms it's like just because the industry told you and you see this a lot of with bands out of the uk just because someone told you to like this doesn't mean you gotta like it, but everyone's like, I wanna be liked, so let yeah. me be exactly like this fucking band. Yeah. And so you get this South by Southwest sound. Sorry, my hands don't fit in. Uh, but like South by Southwest sound that everyone knows and has heard a million times, but that band will be irrelevant in three years, 99% of the time. Yeah. Because it's not original. 
Just chasing yeah. trends. Yeah. People will eat it up like it's fucking free lunch because they're told to. Mm-hmm. That's real, unfortunately. I mean, that, and that's... so when we when we're trying to do something unique, we're like, why does no one like us? And to this day, <laughs> you know, like, well, well, like, listen, we weren't nearly as good at the time, and we've learned a lot from our repeated failures over and over and over again. But one of the things we really struggled with a lot as we went to South by and got kind of more and more sick of the scene there was just the fakeness of a lot of shit we saw. Yeah. Between like, this is what we, the industry wants you to be and see and hear. Manufactured and buzz, manufactured camaraderie. It goes yeah. back to the Marvel movie <laughs> shit. Yeah. There's no, it's, 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 uh, it's scary to take a risk because there's a big machine working against you. And mm-hmm. listen, you're not going to win against that big machine, but doesn't mean you have to conform to what you're told you need to be at this moment to be cool because you might be cool for that moment. But as soon as that moment fades, you're fucking irrelevant. Yeah. As soon as the wind changes, it's good. Yeah. But what is good (laughs) is always going to be good. So like when we were like, like, you know, I definitely remember at this time, the song was written that we were like struggling with like how to be likable or like, like, like how to put ourselves on social media that people would actually like. And we, you know, we tried a lot of stuff and failed and ultimately, we all just were like, we just need to be ourselves because that's yeah. actually what's going to, that's the most unique brand we have. Yeah. Because everyone else who is looking and sounding the same, yeah, they're going to be cool for the next six months to a year or two years, whatever. But as soon as that goes out of style, they go into the dustbin of history. And the people who are actually creating and chopping their way through the jungle to create a new, new, new sound or whatever are actually going to be the ones that have pardoned and uh and made a, a solidified or forged a more you know a depth of sound or a depth of an existence yeah. at the very least well and it's okay uh, to baffle people that's okay like if you're doing that people don't always know what they like exactly and and but but with thing, the things people can also detect inauthenticity like people can yeah. which is crazy because it's like some weird like gut feeling some like reptilian brain thing but like People people can generally sniff that out, and even it, it, can get, yeah. it can get you by for a while. But what what's the reward? Okay, cool. You tricked people into liking you. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a certain I think there's a certain certain aspect of that. Absolutely, but when but what is truly the most po- po- potent poison is when it's has the right amount of. It's like making a good cocktail. You can have too much liquor, too much, too little soda, etc. Yep. But like. You have the right amount of manufactured bullshit with the right amount of semen surfing at surface level authenticity. Yeah. With the right amount of real authenticity, you have a, almost an unstoppable force. Yeah. And like, look, I I don't begrudge um, any band success. Like, there is enough sure. success out there in the world for every for single sure. band to exist. Do I think that some bands deserve success? No. Um, because they don't work hard enough. Um, yeah. like I yeah. think you need to work harder. Um, and like, obviously the unspoken thing here is also a lot of these people are kids of somebody, you know, like, um, kids of somebody. Children uh, of privilege. Yeah. Like I hate this, like, like that band wet leg, 
you know, they just came out with an We're album. Suddenly ubiquitous, and it's like well, I, like I, suddenly I, they have 1.2 million streams. Yeah, off two songs. I'm sorry, but like, there's something going on there. And if no one's, if no one sees that, and like, listen, that one song, uh, Shay's Long or whatever, isn't terrible. Yeah, it's actually cat. It's catchy. I completely understand why people like it. Is it original? Absolutely not. Right. And have we heard that band every year, year after year? And will there be? 5,000 people watching them at some festival this summer? Absolutely. Will they be around in five years? I, I would bet my money on no. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that's that's the cycle, right? They don't need to be – nothing has to be built to last anymore. Being, yeah. be, being ephemeral is an end goal. Like, and, yeah. Which and is like, yeah. And, like, I'm punching, I'm punching way up here. Like, they're doing extremely well. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. who we the don't fuck am it. I at the end of the day? But – yeah. Coming but, up next but, week, wet leg. But no. some, yeah, but some of the songs, some of like some songs like that, definitely were influenced by those feelings, of, of the, of that exactly. Like 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 I I still remember. I think it's a Snoop Dogg interview, where he says, because he complains a lot about like how 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 uh, cookie cutter and repetitive rap artists are these days. He's like, it was, oh, yeah. he's like it was uncool to be like someone to else sound like someone else. We started. He's like that was the lamest shit. He's and he's like if on he's like in the worst extremes it would get physical or like someone would come at you and be like you're clearly copying my you're thing. You're biting myself. Even if yeah. it was like you emphasize this syllable in all your songs or whatever. Stuff as simple as that. But for some reason now it's like as soon as people see oh artist X is doing this it's really working. Their streaming numbers are going up. They're like we should follow artist X formula and we'll be artist X point two three four etc. It's just yeah. Come on, and it's, it's not like, just rap too. I mean, it used to be like in, in totally, like the older absolutely. punk rock scenes too. Like you know, the idea of like a band oh. sounding like another band would be like, oh, those guys, come on, mm-hmm. grow up. <laughs> yeah, Which and listen, and someone maybe listen, listening to us and genres. thinking that we sound like yeah. someone else. But I can, but at, and uh, so it's a little definitely in the eyes of the beholder. And obviously, we've just seen a lot of this and seen sure. the the slow decline of. Events like South by Southwest into just industry propaganda. It just mean, yeah, meaningless, uh, empty pa- shells pablum. of bands. And you know I, mean? I mean, look, not for nothing, we bought it. Um, like we mm-hmm. early on, like we bought it. We bought it. A lot of young bands buy into sure. the South by Southwest myth. Um, you know, we bought it hook, line, and sinker, you know, like at first. Um, but then we got more experience. Um, and like, you know, we saw. That it, it really just, you know, was one giant circle jerk. Um, and, like, it kind of, it just didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for us. Um, and, you know, also just to clarify, like, we don't think that we're some kind of, like, amazing, like, come to Jesus band or whatever, like, that with all these comments. No, like no, no. um yeah. You know, like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing either, you know. Um, but what we do wish to do is to make something that is authentic and uniquely yeah. us, you know? Um, mm-hmm. we, I can say with certainty um, that our goal is that. Um, and, like, whether people connect with it or not, um, you know, that's, that's our end game, is we want to take our influences and, like, put them through the meat grinder and make them a, their own little patty, you know, um, for consumption, so. Do, uh, <laughs> do, do, you all, uh, do you all like the band Sparks? At all? I don't know Sparks. Okay, I've so, heard of them. I 
Still, I'm not familiar with the music. One of my one of my favorite bands of all time, and it has been the way for many years. And I, I, I indeed had a. It started off as a CDR that I Johnny Apple seeded to many people. You got to listen to this. It's my favorite <laughs> band. Like it's just like a the songs I like best off of um, various records of theirs over the years because they it, it's these two brothers <clears throat> from LA that really they had some minor success in the US but the UK really really like sparks but they've never stopped making records and they and they again just like Bowie have completely reinvented themselves like many times over and incredibly influential too like i mean basically uh they did a record with Jojo Marauder like before um before that was like a thing and and like let's just put it this way, Erasure owes them royalty money. Uh, uh, but then also they like were contemporaries of Queen, and in some cases like outdoing Queen. But like they just kept reinventing themselves and kept moving forward, and moving forward. And there's a great documentary that I can't recommend enough called oh. the Sparks Brothers by Edgar Wright. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. And it's I know what you're talking about. Super okay. good. And I've I brought I have brought multiple people to see it. That did not know the works of Sparks only had a passing familiarity, and they're like, "That was a great movie," and I really like. Yep, no, I've been meaning to watch it. I've been meaning to watch it. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Um, yes, yeah. So, only reason I'm bringing it up because it's it very much ties into what you guys are saying, which, which you know, I've, I I feel the same, and like a lot of the people that are on the show feel the same. But like the fact that like you get to see a band like that that's, mm-hmm. you know, just continues to do it and continues to put out awesome stuff too, and and yeah. like. Sure. Yeah, it's for the people that it's for, but like to to like like look at it all as like one sweeping body of work like that. I would way rather be a, a Sparks than a sorry to be a dick wet leg, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, yeah, and like listen, it's like this is something it's we see across all of success. You know? right. Yeah, exactly. but also it's something we see across all as social media is like influenced the way people consume things so much. Yeah, uh, it has gone across all main. You know, from be it film or play, stage plays or music, the easy way is taken, the formulaic way, because there's so there's a lack of, uh, well, for music at the very least, there's a lack of money to go around. So the industry is completely banked on a short term, a high return, short term investment opposed to uh, a slow burn, long term investment. So oh, they yeah. put out Absolutely. bands that are in the same, just Which like we see the same movies of... being made over and over again. It's like Spider-Man. Like, why doesn't someone like? Yeah. There are a lot of good original movies, um, just because like <laughs> there are a lot of good original shows. But big comic book movie fan, Dylan. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said you're yeah. a big comic book fan. I, I can tell. I'm not. <laughs> at all, oh, are I, you? But, you I, are? I, I had no idea. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I love Batman, and like I love the I love the uh, first Spider-Man. I love like the Christian Bale Christian Bale Batman stuff, and uh, I'm just I'm just ha- I'm having a laugh. Yeah, no, but no, but for sure. But I think it's just something like we like we're all aware of, but no one either has the time or the power, be it with their money. Well, I guess their only power they have is not spending their money on it. Yeah. Well, you know, but then, it, and there are just to be devil's advocate, they're letting Sam Raimi make one of the another one of these movies, right? He's making this Doctor Strange movie, so it's like the Evil Dead Two guy, you know, Army of Darkness. Like, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm ex- I'm excited to see that. But that said, like th- that to me, that's not you know, that's not like come on, come on, right? Which was my favorite movie of last year. Didn't even get nominated for for a single thing in the Oscars, but mm-hmm. like it's fucking incredible. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and and. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I liked Coda, even though it kind of seemed like a Disney Channel movie to me. But like, you know, like, <laughs> like it was good. But I was like, is that best picture? <laughs> yeah, or just whatever everyone can I agree on. Actually, it's, yeah, I, I'm behind on my, my Oscar. Yeah, I didn't see Look, it either. Look, it, it's fine. It's fine. Of the ones that were in serious contention, the only ones that I really thought were were, were the, uh, 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 um, from my, my standpoint, uh, was Dune and Power of the Dog. Those are the two. Dune was awesome. Yeah, Power of the Dog was pretty good, too. But, like, honestly, come on, come on, not even in contention. Uh, Green Knight wasn't even in contention. It was just sort of like, what? Green Knight was fucking terrible, though. Well, but it should have been for visual effects. You don't think it should have been awarded for like it should have been nominated for visual effects? Cinematography, yeah. costume yeah. design, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that movie was a bunch of bullshit. What a waste of money! I saw that movie. I, saw I that heard movie. very mixed reviews about that one. I never saw it. But, I, I liked it. I'm on a movie show. We can talk about that on the, on that show. We're talking yeah, about y'all's we're, record we're, oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, sorry, so yeah, and, sorry, and we only got through the second song, and this is this here. is only we're a two hour show. Band. So yeah, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love a good tangent. Oh, I was gonna say that movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm really excited to see that because I've heard nothing but amazing things about it, and it's not an intellectual property movie. It isn't like you know a franchise film or anything along those lines, and it's supposed to be incredible. Which is a uh, uh, Michelle, uh, uh, you you I think you say. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's been like she's been in oh, Star yeah. Trek. Um, I mean, she's been in a million things. I just always go back to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's the first thing I saw her in. <laughs> you know, great movie. Too. Just like I think of broadcast news when I think of Holly Hunter. <laughs> I don't oh, know yeah. why. <laughs> she's done like a million things since then. But oh yeah, from broadcast news. <laughs> and we all think of Pirates of the Caribbean when we think of Johnny Depp, our favorite actor, right? There right, she, guys. There guys. Yeah. Yeah. Angela, we're losing your signal. <laughs> uh, anyway we're on your so, third yeah, song no more franchises i think our deal be it in music or movies yeah yeah exactly make them easy other than star wars uh blemish is the, is the next song <laughs> on oh, your record that, that uh, we are ostensibly so discussing <laughs> so yeah Blem- blemish uh those that's an older song um like a song that we wrote several years before it was uh, so that song's been around for a long time i know why i wrote that song um i so i was in um was in a band i was a hired gun in this band um and uh uh this band was a little tough to work with um mm-hmm. and uh uh you know did a little tour with them uh and everything recorded with them and it was high stress high 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 stress um and i got off of that um tour and was like oh my god like i actually am in a really good situation like it with a dear horse i I think dylan you were in the band at that point i think i just joined recently yeah yeah um anyway um yeah so and i i had a stress dream um about that band um uh, like after the fact, like several months after the fact, um, like a really gnarly stress dream about it. And um, I like woke up from this really vivid stress dream and just wrote down what happened in the dream, um, uh, essentially. And so, um, uh, and like really at the end of the day, like um, it kind of is coupled with uh, sort of like some thoughts about like, um, sort of not just them but just sort of a general obsession um uh with winning um mm, like mm. there is a definite american i will universal but like you know america really has our own um you know brand of uh you know like victory obsession um 
And uh, so, like, um, if you, like, listen to all of the, like, phrases and stuff like that in it, um, it's a lot of, like, cliche, like, sort of, um, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, be a team player, there's no I in team, like, that road to success is paved with more success, like, you got to get out and do it. There's no second best, like that kind of uh, stuff. You know, it's all these like platitudes that a coach would bark at you. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, it's sort of like, um, yeah, just like kind of the, uh, like a kind of along the same lines as panic in a way, like kind of thinking about the grosser parts of the music industry and like sort of some of the gross stuff um, that like I, you know, witnessed in this other band and, uh, um, kind of made my skin crawl occasionally. Um, <laughs> yeah. like sort of like the two fake two facedness um, of things. Uh, and, um, uh, definitely their obsession with like winning and victory and moving up and climbing ladders and stuff while, you know, um, simultaneously, pretending hard that that was not their thing you know um oh not, not even owning up to the uh sort of shark-like yeah, behavior not, <laughs> yeah it's like it's like bro just say that you like it's okay to be ambitious like um yeah, you yeah. know uh, like it's fine to be ambitious but like you know this like i don't know it's like you know it, it really encapsulated this very particular like american brand of like uh, origin story kind of stuff you know like right. um uh and everything so um so yeah it, it you know that experience and that like weird stress dream i had uh, you know coupled with just sort of like my own like spinning my wheels about like um the obsession of winning uh and everything and like also of course like my personal ambition my personal obsession with winning um you know because like i have it like i'm not immune to this you know sure. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like yeah i want as much success as i can uh, as i can get you know and like uh, like we were saying um uh you know when we we're talking about panic um it's about managing your expectation of success whatever that may be you know i would rather be like sparks than like nirvana you know at the like i don't want to fucking not be able to walk down the street you know right. that sounds awful <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. you still uh yeah uh you know money and fame you know uh one, one gives you freedom the other one takes it away we're basically yeah. just holding back all our hits so we can just make sure we're not right. yeah not, exactly not you're, you're holding on to them yeah exactly yeah. Uh, it's it's quite noble yeah. it's quite noble of you to do that someone has to do it someone. <laughs> yeah we're real noble <laughs> uh mm. so anything else with blemish uh Musically, it's we, we it, musically it's supposed to be just like a gradual build of a song, step by step. We re re rev it up, rev it up, rev it up. Um, and a, a little little Easter egg. Um, uh, there's a sound that happens, um, like uh, kind of close to the beginning, where we're starting to build into the first chorus. The first time I say "I win," mm -hmm. um, there's a build there, like a really big build. Um, there's a whistling sound in there, and that whistling sound is. Dylan's tea kettle boiling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it was one of the one of the home recordings. I don't know. A I think horse brought to you by so well. It did work oddly well. Yeah. And then at the end of the song, there's uh, back and guitar, 
that is panning kind of back and forth by my friend Alex Napoli, who recorded it in Japan. And, and uh, yeah, that's I snuck that in there too. And uh, yeah, the, and then the end is kind of like we all disagree on like what the primary influence is because it has this hardcore ending that I refer to as a hardcore ending. Angel refers to it as like a hip hop ending, but uh, which is unlike anything else on any of our songs. But we just wanted this like this kind of feeling yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. know as you're listening to it yeah you know like uh there was this stupid dance we used to do like that emulated the feeling it was like you put your hands on your hips and you kind of just like just rock like... up and down <laughs> yeah and like that's the feeling we wanted to have fantastic i love it and so that's what the blemish is in musical form nice and i get to go hog wild on those screams and it's always so fun which is so. yeah, which which is which is nice. That's always nice. <laughs> uh, give it up, number four. Um, yep. Yeah, give, give it, it up. up is one of those songs I mentioned earlier, uh, which was one we actually recorded. We performed it like a ton, and then recorded it, and it just never felt right. Before, like, and uh, I think sometime in 2019. They're like, okay, this is enough. This song is just fucking terrible. Like, we need to rewrite this song. <laughs> and uh, we, there was a lot of disagreement on how and why and where. But ultimately, like, 80% of the song was completely rewritten. The lyrics were mostly retained. The chorus was changed. Uh, and it just became a simpler song. It was really complicated a little like it. Uh, we have this term in the band called uh, songs die, and like it's like they, the death of mid tempo. When songs are like too mid tempo and too kind of down the road, they for us just fall apart and they become really boring. Um, so we're like, let's make this let's scale it back, make it a groovier, kind of more lumbering, heavier sound. Yeah, and it's a slow, slower burn, way more dynamic. Yeah, and. Uh, and then the vocals at the end, we really just wanted like a wall of sound. So in the in in no in like live, it's uh, you know someone singing lead, someone singing backup. But in the recording, it's more of just like a power ending with like four vocals, five vocals, or how many there are. But just like a wall of sound, which I think really ties in just kind of the final build of the song with strings underneath, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, but that song had such a big creative arc that I don't remember quite how we got there, but I remember, you know, I don't really quite remember how where it began musically, yeah. but I do remember, I knew, I do remember like the specific day we were just like, this song is brutal. Right. We need yeah. to change it. And uh, yeah, I think we just, we just tried a bunch of different things because we had this rough skeleton well we had a song and we just piece by piece we were like this does not work okay we're gonna address this and then okay well this doesn't work and this is so much better than that the next part from the original song okay we're changing this again and i think maybe only the only remaining thing is sort of the bridge right am i right yeah the bridge is the only thing that like kind of didn't change um like there's only a little bit of a little bit about the bridge that changed. Like I know that the guitar portions of the guitar and bass, well, the bass actually changed a lot um, because mm-hmm. I ripped off um, uh, a song for the deaf 
um, uh, the bass line in a song for the deaf. Um, <laughs> the boom, better doom, better doom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, You know, I, I did my version of a ripoff of that. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't remember that? Oh, my God. I don't I, remember. I don't know. I went Fault there and it's like, I get, I, me and Dylan, we both get just obsessed with like one thing or whatever. And I was yeah. obsessed with the, at the time with mm-hmm. this live performance with Joey Castillo on drums. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah. Joey Castillo is not only like a fucking powerhouse, amazing drummer. He's also incredibly attractive. So easy to watch that video. <laughs> um, he, has, he has so much like, oh, there's some like he's this got this just animal approach to the drums. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not I'm not making a Muppet Muppet reference uh, when I say that. <laughs> um, no, he just he like literally is attacking the drums um, yeah. in that. And it's just so impressive um they're playing it way too fucking fast but it's oh, yeah. so exciting oh i know the one you're talking that, about you know? yeah. a yellow drum yeah. kit video well, well yeah and it's like it, yeah. I, I always refer to that as like acting like they have somewhere important to be after the show so they're like yeah it's all the cocaine uh yeah but i mean talk about one of the only guys that could ever replace dave grohl in a band, right? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, and John Theodore's incredible, too. He's just a very different drummer. So. Yeah, definitely different yeah. drummers. He's actually, he's one of my favorite drummers. Yeah, he's well, They're all kind of one of my favorite drummers. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. He fucking crushes it. He, there's definitely a different energy that with that period of the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, the Give It Up video. Give It Up, we just had a video come out as well. That's about to say, so, yeah. check that out. Check it. Check it out. Uh, I'll, I'll link to those in the show notes too. Uh, brute force. So um, brute force again is one I mentioned that uh, is one. Or this was before you were on the call. I think Angela. it was. Uh, it was one we wrote, performed, and it was so different, like absurdly different. Uh, yeah. And then it was another time where like like this the sucks. chorus. <laughs> chorus was so different. <laughs> Well, it just wasn't us. It didn't feel right. It had like a disco feel to mm, it, mm, um, yeah. which, was my which fault. is hilarious. And the chorus, <laughs> I'll sing it. The chorus was, if you want to use, what was it? If you want to use force, use brute force. If you want to leave, leave. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. like, it, it was bad. It was Well, it was just yeah. like, it didn't, because I had. Sounds different watching, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. I'd been watching this Black Midi video. Of, I really like the drummer from Black Midi too, and he was doing this groove that was kind of similar to what ended up in the original song, and then that influenced the way Rebecca delivered the vocals because I was just playing this way more like up tempo. Yeah, 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 yeah and uh, yeah, and then I don't again. I don't really remember when it. I think we were just like let's jam on these ideas, and I think in the, one of the jams I grabbed. I've a ton, I've broken an absurd amount of cymbals, and I have some of them still. I just put a broken crash symbol on my ride symbol. And then we started jamming like that. And I guess we just slowed it down a bit or like by like a significant amount, we slowed it down and uh, somehow it just came out like that. But that broken, well, we like, again, we, a lot of our song ideas were jams. Like the music came yeah. first. Yeah. We recorded the jams on the task cam. Uh, please sponsor me. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, we go home and listen to it and we're like, okay, 
you know, 248 was good, 459 was good. Let's take that. And then we would kind of take those and elaborate on them or piece them together. And, uh, yeah, that's the way that kind of happened. But we, I, I, we, we really wanted something that was much, much more driving. And yeah. Then, Similar to Blemish, um, Brute Force is a, like just this, like just mm -hmm. constant. Sorry, it's so hard for me to do, you know, <laughs> just an upward trajectory. There we go. Um, yeah. Here, I, I, um, I, I, can, I, can change, mm. I can change the view. There you go. If you um, want to do that. <laughs> they close it. Close it. My room's not ready. <laughs> Wait, which um, one was it? Yeah, oh, there we um, go. This one. <laughs> by by, by the um, way, sidebar. Uh, I this was the view I was using for a while when I first moved to StreamYard until I got my chops busted by Kim Coletta of Jawbox saying that like it says Proton Conversal in like fifteen places and I was like, God damn it! So basically, legendary <laughs> female bass players from the '90s bust my chops a lot. I guess is the moral of that story. But then I was like, okay, we'll just use, we'll use this view instead. <laughs> this is somehow more it must be personal. I don't know why. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was like mortified and like impressed at the same time. I'm like, I'm like, God damn it, you're right. It's like in 15 places, and that that was an overcorrection <laughs> from like someone being, hey, you should have a background, and then it's like, oh, and look at this, I can make a little like Christmas ornament in the upper right hand corner, and like I can, you know, whatever. By the way, people that only listen to the show are like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's all it's all some visual stuff. Sorry, folks, but. Uh, uh, that stuff matters, and, and and again, the 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 hand motion that was made that started all this, uh, mm -hmm. you'll have to just check out the it video version, go. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> something. Um, but yeah, but, uh, yeah I, I think of brute force as having um, a similar um, a similar arrangement style as blemish. They are very different songs. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like they both start slow um, uh, and a little bit. Well, brute force isn't start well it gets it gets louder as the song goes on um it intensifies uh, it isn't yeah 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 that, that's probably the better way to exactly yeah mm -hmm. um yeah it kind of goes have... into that like crazy driving lightning bolt kind of vibe in the center and then goes back to kind of just like a heavy driving at the end but starts really expansive like we exit like we just wanted to like angela's saying just ratchet up and up and up and up and then hit this like apex and then in the outro, it's kind of like the the climax, the post climax. Like it's like we're taking it home now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Labor Day. Oh God, Labor Day! What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's not. Yeah, Labor Day is. Um, uh, yeah, it is. That's a song that we also like. Um, you know, reworked and reworked and reworked and reworked and performed in a lot of different iterations. Like that song was constantly evolving constantly for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a situation like give it up where we, we performed the same arrangement for several years um, before realizing that it sucked. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but like, um, right. Labor Day was a song that like, yeah, I feel like every time we played it, like every time we played it, we played it, like added something or subtracted something or like, you know, whatever. It took us a long time to like, um, mm -hmm. you know, finally settle on that final arrangement um, and everything. And I don't even know if. Yeah, the songwriting for this one is a little a bit, a bit of a blur to me, honestly. It's because uh, I, I remember performing it at uh, Secret Project Robot, I think. Project Robot. Place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Which yeah. doesn't exist 
exists anymore, but I remember performing it, and we record all of our shows as well. And I remember performing it on stage, and we hit pretty much like halfway through the song. So the first half of the song is pretty close to what was always there, but the second half of the song was like the huge problem area. Every time we'd hit the second half of the song, we would lose the audience, and kind of, and then we would be like, "Okay, this sucks." He's like, "When do they, when you're on stage, the feedback is right there." Like, yeah, yeah. Despite all of what I said, of sometimes people don't know what they want when you're performing it live and you're trying to entertain people, and you're in the and everyone's vibing, and everyone's vibing, and everyone's vibing, and everyone's like, "Oh," <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Okay, it's not us. It's, it's not them. It's us." You know, yeah. and we, unless so we, that's the stated goal of like we're we're here to have a bummer time right now, like that's not, not so a much desirable that. Thing. Like it's just like it was uninteresting. Just didn't it, work. It didn't work. It didn't work. And yeah, every, it you know, it was like we we wanted to take it somewhere where it built up and got more interesting, and just failed over and over and over and over again until we kind of landed where we are right now. And uh, and this one's unique actually as well because it's actually engineered by Johan Meyer who's Gojira's main engineer and front of house engineer as well. And so it has slightly different production um, in the mixing, because I know he took a different approach to panning the guitars. Mm. And it's and it has a, the mids are a little different, and the drums are mixed a little different. So that's the odd one out in terms of mixing. Everything else is mixed by Jamie Ertz, who's also part of the Gojira engineering team. But they have yeah. diff- slightly different approaches. Jamie knows us a bit knows our process a bit more in depth but we wanted johan just because he's a friend of ours to be a part of it as well Uh, yeah we just you know and it wasn't even like you know we kind of like set out uh with the idea that johan would mix something um Mm -hmm. you know on the album um and uh he chose the song um like we sent him a few songs to choose from and he chose labor day um to mix um So yeah, that was really fun. Um, I can speak to the lyrics of this song. I did not write the lyrics. Rebecca wrote the lyrics of this song. Rebecca also wrote the lyrics of Brute Force, um, uh, just for the uh, record. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's, Indra did uh, the Senate record, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, for Labor Day, I know that Labor Day has a lot to do um, with how social media makes you, um, yeah, just makes you, see a view of other people um that is one definitely not a reflection of reality but two can lead um to just like really like negative feeling like feelings um of like jealousy failure um uh uh, fomo a lot of fomo kind of stuff like um uh, the fact that like you're not uh you know in the same photo as all these other cool people that like you know too and like maybe you should be there also like that yeah. kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know um yeah. it's uh, kind of back know, to the south like, by southwest syndrome we were referring to earlier yeah um there's a theme of course <laughs> um here uh but yeah like um uh i i know that uh those lyrics deal with uh just sort of like um trying your best to come to terms with like uh you know like like the i the the line that i am jealous but i don't want to be um overzealous but i don't want to be you know it's like a you're never cool enough you're never um like aloof enough you're never uh pretty enough you're never yeah uh, you know interesting enough like all of that kind of stuff um like that uh, you know, social media can make you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you get why people 
conform. And I know Angela feels this way too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at least for, for me, because we all went through this together and we'd be in the van talking about it. And uh, obviously each of us has a different approach. And obviously Rebecca has her own unique approach to it. But where we all kind of agree is like, or at least think we all universally felt is that we get why people conform because when you're trying to, you almost can't blame them for it because when you're trying to be yourself, but it's not what people want. All you want to do is really just be accepted and be like what Angela's saying, be that person in that cool photo with all those cool people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You feel that way enough times, you'll do whatever you got to do to to feel, feel like you're, you are, that person, despite the fact that maybe who you are isn't that person, and isn't, it's just not, yeah, yeah you know, it's like, just like it's like that perfect storm isn't there. Maybe that person in that photo isn't that person, either. Yeah, yeah. Usually they're and not, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so and so it kind of falls back to that theme again, which we all definitely were frustrated with, you know, and uh, yeah. we all can definitely relate to, and I think everyone can relate to because. Uh, we all are unique. We're just like not all of us. Even the people we think who are the most standard issue are living in a life that's unique and you know can only be attributed to them, despite what it may and look also like on the surface. Are feeling, most likely feeling the exact same feelings. Definitely, you know, yeah. um, like you know, mm-hmm. it, it really is a universal thing. Like it's it's like a giant, um, uh, a giant fake everybody's faking it yeah. um you know mm-hmm. and like i'll i'm faking it everybody's faking it um i have a so gun like, to the back um, of my head right now <laughs> <laughs> like i'm all these things are just coming out i'm really reading a teleprompter yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twice if you're okay <laughs> yeah exactly please uh, show today's newspaper exactly <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Show today's newspaper. Never heard that. Uh, yeah, no, but all all that's very real, and and of course the uh, <laughs> it is relatable in its complete. You know, <laughs> everyone's lack of relatability is, is that's the world we live in. That's mm-hmm. the artifice of social it. media, right? I mean, and well, that's yeah. also it, what it, makes it, life it, fun is that everyone's a little different. Talk about you know, yeah, like. We all know, we all get it. It's kind of annoying, like whatever. But it's it's for real. Like shit, yeah. that shit is real. Yeah, you know. I think if we're not addressing this new technology that we've never dealt with in talking about it openly, uh, we're kind of missing the point of where we can improve it, and where it actually could be yeah. not controlling us, but we control it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and and you, in, rather than being in service of these systems, we can potentially make these systems serve us. Absolutely. Which, which is how it—that's a—that was the idea before, before everything got uh, so profit oriented. But anyway, different story, different podcast. Uh, Keys is the next song. Oh, I love the story behind this song. So, um, this is comes from us. This is actually uh, a story that my dad told me. Um, so my dad uh, is um, grew up in the sixties. Uh, you know. Fifties uh, and sixties, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he um, knew a bunch of guys in his high school that were really into cars, um, and like okay. uh, he hung out with like some kind of bad kids. But my dad was not really a bad kid, um, and uh, so one of his friends was like um, uh, talking some shit about how um, he had heard 
that uh, you could um, start any 57 Chevy product um, with the same key. Um, really? Like all of the keys were the same for this year. Wow. Um, and uh, um, uh, he said that um, his one friend accidentally found it out because he owned a 57 Chevy Bel Air um, and uh, was in a parking lot um, and like uh, uh, went up to what he thought was his car. Um, <laughs> and tried in. the car on it. And oh, oh my God. Yeah, turned it on, got, got, in, got in the car, turned it on, and then like, looked around the interior and was like wait this is this is not, not my, my car, car. <laughs> like um it's like and, that talking uh, head song but even more so <laughs> yeah yeah this is not my beautiful house this is not my yeah um uh so yeah he was like what the fuck and so they were like well let's go steal a corvette um and they did and it worked um they found a 57 chevy corvette they knew some other kid in school um who had one parked in the parking lot and they stole it out of the parking lot um and like took it for a joyride put it back because they're nice nice right, kids right, yeah, yeah. but uh but yes yeah, like fully stole um uh, you know a 57 uh corvette um just for the fuck fun of it um to see if this was true um and so like uh yeah and like you know as an extension of that story um you know uh it's also like kind of about like this I, I, not American, but just like sort of, well, I, it is American, um, in sort of like the idea of like, you know, once you get your car, um, you know, when you're younger, uh, that means that you have a lot more control over your life. Um, you can go wherever the fuck you want at any time you want. Like, um, you have this skill, um, like whether it's, that you actually own a car or your parents buy it. You that most kids don't buy their own cars, but like, you know, or you're using the family car or something like getting behind the wheel and rolling around doing whatever at all hours, like in a way, um, it's definitely like, uh, some, uh, you know, nostalgia, um, sort of like exploration for me. Um, so like feeling in control of your life, um, behind the wheel or whatever. Um, yeah. so. Like when I listen to the lyrics, because obviously I saw them evolve as Angela, you know, wrote them more and more. It's a very like cinematic kind of song, I think. And I think we've spent a lot of time touring in Texas and uh, I really like Cormac McCarthy movies as well. As, oh, uh, yeah. uh, books, yeah. sorry, and movies. But like, and uh, they kind of just remind, like when I listen to them, they kind of just reminds me of that. Like the way Angela paints a picture of the whole scene it became bigger than lyrics. Like the lyrics really do tell a story, which makes it, I think, so strong. And uh, and from there, with the with the music end of things, uh, you know, it started as a groove that Angela and I were just grooving on. Like we created this weird groove, and then yeah. the lyric she started coming up with the lyrics based on this story, and then it all kind of painted this like weird, this weird southwestern or south, uh, not southwestern, but like south southern kind of vibe. And it's like a tech, it's like a real Texas kind of song. It was like Angela oh, from Texas. Just to clarify, I'm from Texas. My family's from Texas. Yeah, just yeah. That was not clear. <laughs> yeah, I happen and to know that, but the audience wouldn't necessarily. So I yeah, so it I, so it, so it kind of creates that vibe. And so when we, after we wrote the whole song with Rebecca, um. 
I kept thinking of this idea of uh, creating like a soundscape in the background, right? Which evolved as like all of us got involved in the in that idea, uh, mainly taken from the Francis the Mute album by Mars Volta, Angela's favorite band, uh, and <laughs> and uh, the end. I think the first song it goes into like a like a street scene, audio street scene, kind of. And it's like people are like eating and stuff. In the song, it's super long, of course. And, but like the last three minutes of yeah, it are shocking. just like background. <laughs> yeah, who knew they were long songs? They were really a top 40 band. But uh, yeah, but then adding that in and kind of creating relevant sounds, like kind of creating this dusty feeling, which we did mm-hmm. using Angela's lyrics, really just painting that picture and then sonically tying it all together with the way the background, like we have Jamie doing like some like loon sounds stuff like that and then like a lot of a lot of hand percussion sure and then there's Mm -hmm. even like angela and jamie grumbling like in these fake southern like back country voices (laughs) that are really 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 buried in there like (laughs) yeah uh, yeah. but it all but like the but it's a really it's a real lyrically propelled song and I think yeah. it's such an interesting story that I'm glad it's, I think it's the best sounding song on the record. And yeah, uh, I, I think that's a lot I, to I do with like that. That's the way it, it turned out. Um, uh, one other um, uh, influence, uh, like the, the missing piece of the puzzle um, with that song in terms of influence was Mandy. Um, oh, sure. Uh, that yeah. Nick Cage movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had seen, I had seen that movie pretty um, like, uh, like, around the same time that we were writing that song. And I really wanted to like, sort of like capture some of the uh, like attitude of, um, of Mandy, you mm-hmm. know, um, but like, yeah, like the revenge fantasy, like uh, kind of stuff and like the darkness and like, certainly like um, I think of like the soundscape um uh, stuff as also being influenced, uh, at least from my point of view, um, influenced by that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has a, that movie does have an amazing soundtrack. It's it's what that's that's the most Mars Volta super trampy soundscape song for sure. And I, I honestly, we could probably maybe we should one day just release the soundscape of it. Oh yeah, as like it's a, as really, an extra or like a it's really fucking cool. Yeah, why not? It's it's like I hate to it, it's like a, I find it's super interesting because we just this is one of those things where we never had time to do this before. And yeah, uh, right. and we had time to be like, "Oh, you know what else would be cool? This stupid a random object we found." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about this? And, and like, How about this? So, How about this? So there's like 12 tracks of ambient noise yeah, in that yeah. and that's yeah. including uh, Cajon, bongos, sh- multiple shakers, a jaw harp, Angela and Jamie grumbling, like a, a cowbell, like a just like a random like night watchman bell, or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck I don't know. Like I, I, and then there's me smashing, banging a guitar I have on the floor, <laughs> and uh, changing that, and a lot of uh, ambient guitar stuff by Rebecca. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Lindsay Buckingham on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just Full like, I, yeah. Well, I, honestly, Angela is the Angela is the blame because uh, the the lyrics, <laughs> the lyrics. Honestly, it just painted a picture, and uh, it has a, it in. I'm not from Texas. I'm from the opposite of Texas, you know, being from Toronto. But 
but uh, it, for me, off with all our visits to there and Angela's and uh, you know lyrics and just what I imagine in my mind of that whole thing, it just uh, it's one of those things you can kind of take it in any way. So I think it's we just wanted to paint our own picture of it, and you can interpret it kind of as you want. I think that's a meandering way to say that, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, we tried. <laughs> We tried. <laughs> but it sounds great. And the guitar solo is fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Rebecca's, yeah. Rebecca's guitar solo yeah. is, it's her, I think it's her best guitar solo on the album. She just fucking annihilated that solo. Yeah. She ripped it. Yeah. Like, like, and, uh, yeah, she, she, she would never consider herself a shredder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, man, she killed that solo. It just really tied, it, the, the, it really, like, when we go back into the heavy part of the song, and we go into the solo, mm-hmm. man. She rips. That's one. That's one of the. That's a rewind moment for me. Is her guitar solo? Sure. No, it's great. It was really great. Hell yeah. So dinner theater. Dinner theater. Another story song. Um. Uh. So yeah, dinner theater. Um. Is based on a collection of stories that my mom has told me over and over and over again. Um. Throughout my life about uh different snapshots of her upbringing. Um. And uh like um. Uh, my grandparents, her mom and dad, um, not the nicest people. Um, uh, you know, uh, definitely um, uh, like pretty nasty people. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they really did a number on their kids. Um, you know, a lot of trauma. Um, and uh, uh, so, but my mom in like sort of the classic sort of like child of immigrant sort of way, um, uh like tells these truly traumatic stories in a really funny way. Like she does a really good job of like, um, you know, regurgitating these stories that if told differently and you really take a step back from, you'd be like, Oh, Oh, like that's really serious. You know, like that's yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) you know, like, so, you know, um, the, the chorus the, looks like we got another dinner theater here. Um, uh, like, that is um, based off of a story that my mom would tell me um, that I've heard over and over and over again. It's like family lore now um, that uh, she and her siblings were all kids, like eight-ish, um, uh, and um, were all sitting at, like, the bar. Like, they weren't allowed to sit at the table because adults sit at the table. Kids don't sit at the table. They sit at the bar in the kitchen. So um, uh, they were, uh, my mom describes it as like sitting there and watching a dinner theater. Um, And uh, her mom and dad were classic in a fight, some kind of fight. And um, her dad got up, picked up the whole like serving plate of spaghetti and just threw it at the wall. Um, Like very similar to the scene in American Beauty. Um, when uh, Kevin Spacey stands up and throws the whole plate of asparagus at the wall, yeah. um, like that's e- like exactly what um, uh, you know her dad did. Um, and he uh, like uh, my grandma um, then like uh, you know storms out of the room, um, and uh, my grandfather turns to the kids sitting there watching all this unfold and says, "I want you kids to forget you ever saw this." Um, <laughs> yeah, and, not likely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's like it's um like a lot of the stuff is like verbatim. Um, you know, uh, like the um, 
the mama don't like it when I do cartwheels in McDonald's. Um, <laughs> like uh, my mom's little sister, um, my aunt Tracy, uh, was a gymnast, like um, oh. like a really really well accomplished gymnast, like almost made the Olympic team, like gymnast, like very very good. Um, and uh, you know she's like a little kid, like doing cartwheels in McDonald's. Um, and uh, you know it would piss my grandma off. Um, she'd be like. Um, don't put your hands on the floor. That's nasty. Like, uh, if you don't cut it out, you're going to get a slap, like, you know, um, wow. uh, kind of stuff. And so like, yeah, it, like really the lyrics to that song are like, ver my mom should get a writing credit. Really? Um, like, because <laughs> sure. Yeah. Lots of are on their way. Stories <laughs> that I've heard over and over and over again. Um, uh, and everything. And like, my grandparents are just, they're fascinating. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, as somebody who didn't have to deal with that firsthand, right. you know, um, they're fascinating. Um, and like my, uh, mom and her siblings are fascinating. Um, like, you know, I've written a few songs, um, that, uh, you know, deal with her immediate family um you know my grandparents her and my aunts and uncles and stuff um and uh like double wide is about my late uncle um you know uh so um uh yeah there's just so much i i hate to say it like this but there's so much material there um <laughs> like so many amazing stories yeah like, yeah sure amazing, amazing stories and like you know um uh I, I try to like deliver dinner theater with a little bit of tongue in cheek, you know, yeah. um, because like that's my mom intends those stories to be funny. Um, but if you take a step back from it, you're like, oh, that was just childhood trauma, you know, right, right, <laughs> uh, and yeah. everything. Uh, so um, but I try to give it both angles, you know, uh, with that. So that's the story. That's the lyric story behind dinner theater and the delivery story um, uh, behind it. So. Mm -hmm. but yeah music for it was one of the last songs we wrote for this album so musically mm -hmm. i think it was definitely just a jam we just wanted a we wanted to create a more of a like a vibe more of a hip-hop yeah. kind of feel which the core the verse kind of has mm -hmm. and then it ends with like these phil collins kind of drum fills because i was obsessed with inside out by phil collins at the time in the drums with the like the live version with him with chester thompson playing the drums and uh and then we go into like a like a more of a like what did you call it? D beat, Angela? Like chorus? Yeah, it's a D beat, a hundred percent straight up D beat punk mm -hmm. like chorus. Um, yeah, you know the the rhythm that I'm playing on that bass that like like that's D beat, um, <laughs> like you know lifted genre stuff. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. drums are very Dave Lombardo Slayer influenced. It's yeah, it starts off in with like a super. Well, the choruses always feature like a more of like a straight, like kind of punk beat, but then go into a really, really fast, like as fast as I can go, 16th note pattern on the ride cymbal, which is like classic Dave Lombardo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but we've mixed in with like some punk influences. It was just like, yeah, it was you, get, just you a, get some Slayer was, in your discharge, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was just a fun <laughs> song to, honestly, it was a fun exactly. song to play. And the first time we played it live, it what didn't really deviate because it just always felt a lot of fun to play for us. Do people like it? Hey, we'll see. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but, I, I think people do like dinner theater. I think it's going over well. Um, I love but, playing it. Like, uh, also, I always have a fun time like, playing it. Note, so. 
yeah, it's always fun. Um, but yeah, side note, um, Keys and Dinner Theater are both physically the most difficult like to anybody who see us soon. I hope to do them justice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wrote these like stupid, like just, it's here, it's here, it's here. Sorry, I'm doing the thing where I don't know how to use my hand in the frame. Um, but yeah, it's here. Bing, 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 bing like kind of uh, vocals and everything. So right, 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 you right. just, you get a little almost bouche of all the stupid shit wow. I can do with my voice. <laughs> Awesome. More like a moose douche. Am yeah. I right? Hey, hey. right? Leave it on a high note, folks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, in, in, in the record, One Way Out. That closes the record. Uh, well, we know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, One Way Out, uh, we know, um, uh, is definitely about, uh, like, sort of the last, the, en- the end um, of this lineup. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's it's so clear, um, you know, that that's uh, um, what this song is about, like just sort of like coming to terms um, with the fact that like maybe uh, it's time to move on. You know, um, Rebecca wrote the lyrics uh, to this song, so it's from her perspective. Um, but it's stuff that Dylan and I knew, like we all knew we felt it um, yeah. and everything, mm-hmm. you know, no hard feelings um, like uh, um it was it, it's sad um uh you know that it it came to an end um and everything but like you can really feel um that like uh in that song it's kind of like moving through like the emotions and then like coming to terms with like it's fear you fear you're the wrong way around like um like you're afraid, like your fear is what's holding you back from making a, the decision that's right for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, um, uh, you know, it's a perfect, um, way to encapsulate the, this snapshot in our life as a band and as, you know, three people who know each other well, um, and have been through a lot together, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, like it was the last song we completed together, not knowing it would be the last song we ever would complete together. And it was actually finished while we were on the road. So we actually had to. We when we were a oh, wow. couple of days out from recording, we went into a studio in Los Angeles, like a rehearsal space in Los Angeles, and uh, and finished the guitar parts for the song. We we wanted this like driving ending. Um. But, you know, like, but yeah, I would say, like, I was, like, we all kind of had a rough idea of what the lyrics, well, obviously, Rebecca had an idea what the lyrics about, but, uh, you know, I definitely didn't quite realize the full scope of what the lyrics meant until, obviously, she moved on. Yeah. But, uh, but in either case, it's a great song. Like, none of us, well, I can speak for myself, and I know, and and, and uh, I know Angela feels this way because we've spoken about it. But like, we don't feel, and I'm sure, I hope Rebecca feels the same, uh, and I think she does, to a certain extent. Uh, you know that it was a great time period. We did a lot together, and uh, this is that's the end of that journey. And so we, and mm-hmm. so for that reason, the end of the song uh, went through a bunch of different iterations of how we were going to end it. Did we want like, initially? It was going to end really bittersweet, kind of 
really somber and uh because that's how we felt about the whole thing initially and and uh, and the end of this was mainly like obviously rebecca recorded the uh all of her guitar parts and stuff but it was kind of left up to more angela and i to uh determine the final way the song was gonna end mm-hmm. um and we yeah we we were very torn and then eventually i was like maybe we should just end it the way we started it just the three of us and uh, so, the, like the last hits, the, originally the song was going to be a big like piano outro because, because we're dumbasses. Because why and not? Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like with strings and stuff, and we were just like, I was like, that's not us. And it was actually coming back after something Rebecca said, um, which was like, we should the album should be like what the three of us sounded like, and it kind of just circled back to that. It's like it should start how it should the song should start. Or the album should start with us and with us. Not with anyone else. Mm-hmm. It was always just the three of us. Yeah. And uh, and that's the way it went out. And uh, But the one nice thing what we did was just what we had all, pretty much everyone but Sean Knight, just because there were no backing vocals really needed. Um, at the outro, everyone plays in the outro. Actually, everyone plays on this song, who's a guest performer on the album. So including Jamie, uh, our engineer, and producer he uh there was one of the guitar lines and then at the very outro every single person is playing and uh just because that kind of encapsulated everything it was uh you know we went came a long way the three of us but we could not have done it without a lot of people having our back and yeah and it's a very it's it's still hard for me to listen to it uh without getting a strong wave of emotion that I know Angela sure. yeah. feels the same for sure. And, uh, but yeah. man, I, th- I think it's a great, I think it's a really solid song. So I think as hard as life can be sometimes and like good things end, um, yeah, I think you have to be happy. And I, that's happy that we did it. You know, it's like, fuck, we had so many fucking things against us, you know, from our perspective yeah. and we failed over and over and over it might people don't really see that like but like and i hope if there's anyone who's in an upcoming band uh to listen to it to listen to what i'm saying because like it's just never fucking easy it's gonna be brutal if 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 you're lucky every step of the way (laughs) yeah and the challenges become different and like maybe the scope and scale changes but it doesn't make it any less of and and uh thing yeah but yeah so at the end as the album closes and that song ends it's like yeah, it didn't end. It like the band it was not able to continue in the way it was. You know, we thought it would in 2019, but now here we are in 2022, and despite all that, we move. We continue on, and the and it's still a, and forever. No matter as long as we live, that record will be proof that the, Rebecca, Angel, and I managed to do this thing, and that's yeah. to me that's vitally important. Had we not done it at all. Would have been, why would we? Why it would have been silly? Because like we spent five years together, at least five years, right? Do you think? Um, yeah, and we just, like, yeah, we just like deserve, uh, like that that um, that lineup, that like sort of like brain trust of all of us, like deserves to be heard. Um, you know, in that iteration. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, deserve. I think you know. Is well, thing, because but I think but I think I, it, I think we deserve to see it through for ourselves. For me, yeah, yeah. To, to give evaluation mm-hmm. and and uh, to yeah to see it through, right? So, and, and I think it's a great record. I mean, it's 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 super interesting. Uh, I think there's, Thank you. 
I think there's Thank something you. there for people that don't know you from Moses, and certainly anyone that had been following the band uh, would, uh, you know, you're, you're, I think it's they're gonna like what they hear. Um, so yeah, I recommend people check check it out. AdiraHorse.bandcamp.com, also on all of the other various things. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's been a pleasure, guys. And uh, you know, safe travels on the road. Take extra precautions. It's a uh, it's a jungle yeah, we're out hoping there. no one gets it. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us on yeah. again. I, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, there won't be another pandemic between now and next time, right? <laughs> God. Oh my God. Why did I say not. that? Anyway. Uh, yeah, hope to, and hope to see you soon in, in, in a live capacity as well. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, congratulations on the record. And uh, yeah, go forth, go forth. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, sir. Thanks for having us. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> Bye. All right, there they go, Angela and Dylan, a deer horse. Again, adearhorse.bandcamp.com. I'll make sure that hits the show notes, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, let's hear one more song uh, from a deer horse. This is off Grind. This is, uh, oh, let's actually listen. You know what? Let's listen to One Way Out. That's actually, uh, it, 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 I wouldn't consider one of the, the first singles, but uh, since we just talked about it, it's a good way to end the show. So this is One Way Out, Deer Horse. <laughs>
One way out, a deer horse. Uh, great to have them back. I'm I'm super stoked that they got this uh, awesome record out. And um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's I think it's a great tale of perseverance. And I uh, was glad to have them back on. That that was uh, that was a nice time, and I would highly encourage everyone to go see them on tour. They're they're out and about in the era of COVID. They are out and about and uh and doing the work. So go uh, go see them play. Go see them play when they uh, when they come to your town. Is this thing on? Anyway, the name of this show is Kono Transport Controversial. Thank you ever so much for listening to it. No. This show usually airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. This is a special tour support edition, I guess we would call it, a Patron commercial. And, uh, yeah. Are we going? Normally on RadioNope.com. This time it was Twitch, Facebook, um, YouTube, all the, the 
Web 2.0 things everyone loves so much. Anyway, uh, RadonCommercial.com uh, for the archives. Always free. No ads, no sponsors. No kidding. But if you like the show and you want to get episodes sooner, patreon.com slash Controversial. One dollar a month will get you there. Uh, advanced access is the there in question. We'll get you advanced access. The show is on all the various platforms that you would expect something like that to be on. Uh, if you feel so inclined, like, subscribe, uh, post a review, reshare an episode. All that helps the show, and that's just a very nice thing to do. Bunch of rad stuff coming up. Very excited to bring it to you. Uh, later this week, even. I've got. Later this week, even we have a. Can I mention this? Yeah, I think I can mention this. Uh, Stephen DePace of Flipper this week. So, pretty excited for that. Yeah, thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all of it. Whole bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, follow Proton Converse on all the various things. Uh, stay safe out there. Out on Route 128. And take it easy. Got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! 
announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? Broadcasting if there's no one there to receive. It's the end radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. See?